If you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to Revelation, Revelation chapter 20, and we'll be reading verses 11 through 15. That's Revelation chapter 20, and we'll be reading verses 11 through 15. It'll also be on the screens, and if you're watching online, should be on there as well. Or if you're watching TV later, it'll be on there. Beginning with verse 11, let us hear God's word. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, Standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged each one according to their works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. Now may it speak to our hearts and our lives in such a way today that we will grab a hold of your grace and that you will challenge us and change us and that we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in our second week of this new series, the new series called Final Countdown. We did get the 80s music this morning, amen. But anyway, uh, Final Countdown, and we have been, we're talking about, the, you know, a lot of people are asking me, even folks not involved with church sometimes will ask me, Tim, do you think that right now we're, we're living in the last days, that we're, you know, is this the end, and, 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 and what does that mean, and, and things like that, and so I I find myself, you know, trying to say, well, you know, there, there are definitely uh, some things that are leading us to, to you, you could think that, and some signs and all. Now, the, the thing is, the Bible says that nobody knows the day nor the hour. Uh, and Jesus said, nobody but the Father in heaven. So I don't think any of us are meant to figure all of that out. Uh, but we are, you know, there's a lot of folks that see signs and think about and ask me, are we living in the end times? And so I decided to do this series, and I'm not going to answer that question of day nor the hour, because if, if Jesus said nobody knows but the Father in heaven, I, of course, that is definitely above my pay grade, right? And so I do not know that uh, that answer. But we are going to talk about this big 50-cent word that might help you win on Jeopardy one day, and it's called eschatology, uh, which means a word or study about last things. And so we're doing some eschatology. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're doing some eschatology. 
this morning, all right? So now, now, like I say, that word really won't get you a cup of coffee at the coffee shop for sure. But anyway, it, it, um, it simply means a word or study about last things. And so this series is called Final Countdown. Last week, we talked about the return of Jesus and that that message of Jesus' return is not one of fear, but is one of comfort and hope. I mean, that's what Paul said at the end of that passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He says, comfort one another with these words. He didn't say scare one another with these words. He didn't say twist one another's arms into making a decision with these words. He said, comfort one another with these words. And so it's not a, uh, it's not a message of fear, but it is a message of urgency. And so he did want us to be urgent about sharing his message and the good news of Jesus. And so today we're talking about final judgment, uh, final judgment. Um, and, and then next week we're talking about hell. Yep, H-E-L-L. -L. I know my accent throws it a little bit. But anyway, um, uh, my, my New York accent. No, just kidding. But anyway, um, but, uh, but we will be talking about hell next week. And so make sure that you come. Uh, I, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to wear a red coat and turn up the heat. But no, I'm just kidding. I will not do that. But anyway, but we are talking about hell next week. And then we're talking about heaven the next week. So you want to definitely be here for those next two weeks. Next week is on hell uh, and in heaven the next week. Don't forget that there's Thursday nights that, um, that you can come if you're going to be gone on the weekend. So you want to come this Thursday night to get next Sunday's message. But anyway, um, but there is a time of final judgment. There is a time of final judgment. Now, Matthew 25, and, and you may be saying, well, Tim, how do you know there's a time of final judgment? Is it because you think so? No, it's because Jesus said so. Matthew 25, verses 31 through 33 says this, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne, and before Him will, gather, will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand. And so Jesus is saying there will come a time that there will be a judgment. There will be a final judgment, and, and, uh, and we want to be a sheep, by the way. If you didn't get what that was saying, there's a little song we sang at camp this week. I just want to be a sheep, bad, 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 bad. And, and we want to be a sheep, all right? And I'll, nothing wrong with goats, but in that case, I don't want to be a goat. But anyway, so there will be a final judgment, Jesus is saying. The book of Revelation says that there will be a judgment, and we see that over and over in Revelation. It talks about for those that hung in there, that were faithful, that those that believed, they would have their place with Christ. And, and, and then Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says it like this, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. And so there is going to be a judgment. We believe that that is plain in the Bible. Now, a lot of people would say, okay, the judgment, and a lot of preachers I've heard will preach this as sort of this doom and gloom, you know, that, that you, or, or in some way as a fear instrument. But that's not what it is as part of the gospel. 
And I want to talk about the judgment this morning. It is something for us to take seriously. It is something for us to think about. And, and it should all make us reflect on our lives and, and, and who we trust in as far as trusting in Jesus. But uh, it does say that there is a, a judgment and it's part of the good news. And that's where I want uh, to, to talk about this morning. So what should we know about the final judgment? Number one, we need to know this. First of all, we need to know that all people will be judged for their works. All people will be judged for their works. Look at Revelation 20, verse 12 and 13. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to their works. It says that everybody, the dead, those that are in the sea, uh, those that are, uh, are in uh, Hades, which was the uh, Greek uh, form of the Hebrew word sheol, which is a place of holding of the dead, and always saying everybody is going to be judged. Everybody. Now, now, here's the thing. Sometimes we like the thoughts of that a little too much. We like the thoughts of judgment just a little too much because what we think about is how God is going to judge somebody else. Oh, they're going to get what's coming. To now, if that person sitting beside you, do not look at them right now. Do not look at them, all right? Do not let on to that. But no, but how God, you know, we, we like the thought of God judging somebody else. I mean, we, we, you got to be honest. We like the thought of God judging somebody like Adolf Hitler, right? I mean... Look at what he did and that he's going to get what he deserves. But the thing is, is that all of us will be judged. A book will be open and in it will have all of what we have done. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The mess-ups, the mishaps, and all those things that we didn't do that we should have done. Those folks that we should have helped but we didn't. Or those things that we did do that we should not have done. All of that will be judged. Now, I know that you're probably saying, Ah, oh, this sermon's sort of a bummer. I mean, think about that. You're probably thinking about some of the things that you may have done in the past. Whether it was 25 years ago, whether it was yesterday, whether it was this morning when you couldn't get the dog to pee. I mean, you know, whatever it was, and you said, uh, but anyway, but, 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 but here's the thing. I want you to hang in there with me because I want you to hear how this is actually good news. All right? Everybody will be judged. Number two is this. Not only will everybody be judged, but in this judgment, there are crowns that are giving for our faithfulness. See, I think a lot of people say, well, what's it good to do good? Let me just believe in Jesus and then do whatever I want to do or whatever. No, there are crowns for our faithfulness. Over and over in Revelation, you see how the faithful, and there, there's a book, I mean, there's a um, song that I love, a southern gospel song that I love, I shall wear a robe and crown. And, and, and I mean, it's got a catchy little tune. But anyway, but there is this thing, and for those who are faithful, there will be a crown. Look at how 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8, Paul's writing to Timothy, Paul's coming to the end of his life, he is in prison, and here's what he's saying to Timothy. He says, finally, 
You know, this is right after he says, I fought a good fight, I've run the race, uh, finished the course, all of that. And then he says, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who love his appearing. In other words, we've been living for him. We've been doing good things for him. There is a crown of righteousness. But here's the thing. It is not given to us so that we can walk around in the new heaven and new earth saying, look what I got. Look what I did. See, that's the same thing that ended, Jesus got on the Pharisees for. That's what they thought they could do because of their good works, that they could walk around heaven saying, look at all the good things that I did. I kept the law. You didn't, I did, and I get to walk around. I'm going to be in heaven carrying around all of these as some sign or some kind of pendant or star in my crown kind of thing. But no, that's not what we're given the crown for. It still is to turn around and give glory to God. Look at Revelation 4, chapter, I mean, verses 10 and 11. The 24 elders, this is this heavenly scene of everybody worshiping Jesus in the new heaven, the new earth. And the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns. That's right. The crown that we get because of the good things that we've done or the faithfulness that we've had or the mission trips that we've been on and, and the people we brought to Christ, they still, they cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. In other words, when we do these things for Christ, they should always be done for God's glory. They should be done for God's glory. That's why we're going to Appalachia. It's to help people, and it's to give glory to God. We're not looking for something in return now. We know that whenever we help others, we, we, we know that God blesses us. We know that I, I've been to see somebody before that was hard, having a hard time, and before I knew it, they were actually ministering to me. And that kind of thing happens but the thing is that this crown that he gives us, we will still turn around and give glory because it is only him, it is only Jesus who is faithful. So all will be judged, and there are crowns given for our faithfulness that we in turn lay at the feet of Jesus on that day. So number three is this. If we believe and trust in Christ, then grace covers our sins during the final judgment. Now, you remember I said all will be judged, and you're probably thinking, well, where's the good news in that? Here's the good news. Here's the gospel. Whenever we believe in tru and trust in Christ, look at Revelation 20, verse 12. It says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. But then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to work, their works by the things which were written in the books. You hear that? There's another book that's open. Yes, we may have some good, good things and bad things in this. Now, I think it's only God that sees it. I need to clarify that because some folks were worried. Well, is everybody going to see what I did? No, no. I think it's only God that sees those works. He's the judge. Remember, we're not the judge. Only God. But here's the good news. 
is that if our name is written in the Lamb's book of life, then all those other works, I believe, are going to be covered by the righteousness of Jesus. In other words, Jesus put on sin when he died on the cross so that we might put on the righteousness of God. So on that judgment day, if we believe in Christ, when God looks at those works, God doesn't see those mishaps and mess-ups and wish-we-would-have kind of things. No, God sees the righteousness of His Son who died on the cross for us. And I don't know about you, but I think about some of the things I've thought. I think about some of the things I've done. That is good news to me. Amen? That's good news. He sees what Jesus did. It's not about what we did. It's about what Jesus did. And if our, if our name is in the Lamb's book of life, that's what God sees there, there was a story that Billy Graham used to tell about one time when he was riding through this small town, he got a ticket. A policeman gave him a ticket for speeding through the small town. It was one of those deals, to, you know, the speed limit changed before he rec- realized it and all. And it, so he goes to the court on the court day in this small town, and evidently the policeman didn't know he was or didn't care either way. But, um, but, but the judge immediately recognized him as he came in and looked at the name and, and was wondering if that was the same one, and then he recognized him. And he says, well, Dr. Graham, I need to, I need to tell you now, you were speeding. And he's like, I know, and I, what's the penalty or whatever? And the judge said, well, listen, because you were speeding, and I just want you to know I admire what you do and the lives that you're changing and everything, but because you were speeding, I have to find you the fine that it says I have to find you, and that fine is $10. Now, we know that was a long time ago because, good gracious, would we not be happy with a $10 fine today for speeding? Amen. Amen. I'll just go ahead and tell you. My wife would really appreciate that. But anyway, the, um, the, 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 um, uh, and Pastor Kim, that's right. But anyway, the, um, but, 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 but $10. And, and um, he says, so I've got to find you the $10. But because I appreciate who you are and what you do, Judge pulled a wallet out of his pocket, and he took $10 out, and he says, I'm going to pay your fine. In other words, the judge was being just, but at the same time, the judge paid the price for Dr. Billy Graham's crime. Dr. Graham said this. He said, at that point, I saw a great example of what mercy and grace was all about. That the head judge, who knows all that we've done, is the same judge that made the biggest sacrifice. Folks, today is Father's Day. And we know that fathers, good fathers, will make sacrifices for their children all the time. But in this story, the head judge made the greatest sacrifice he could ever. He gave his only begotten son. What does it say, John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Hear that? Judgment. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
There's a uh, show that came on several years ago on NBC. It was called The Good Place. Some of you may have, it was a comedy and a good show and everything. And, um, and it was uh, this young lady somehow who had not lived a very good life. And in this show, you, you, if you did good things, you went to the good place. If you did bad things, you went to the bad place. And, uh, and, and this lady somehow, by some type of error, had done a lot of things, but by some type of error, had ended up in the good place. And so uh, Michael, the architect of the good place, uh, uh, you know, brings her in and finds out that she had somehow made it there by mistake. And, and he, he gives her a questionnaire to determine her worthiness. So he starts asking these questions. Did you commit murder? No. Did you commit arson? Did you take off your shoes and socks on an airplane? Did you ever have a vanity license plate made? Did you ever reheat fish in an office microwave? By the way, do not do that, all right? I don't know. You know, talking about judgment, I think that would be, you know, nah, just kidding. Have you cared about that reality show, The Bachelor, and any of its attendant spinoffs? Uh, spin-offs? And of course, she ends up saying, wait a minute, what's this all about? Don't judge me. And he ends up saying, that's the whole purpose of this exercise. And folks, the good news is, is that the purpose, yes, we're going to be judged on those good things and those bad things that we do. I don't know about the shoes off, shoes and socks off in the airplane, but definitely the fish in the microwave. But anyway, but the good news is, is that God will not see that if we trust in Christ. So this morning, it's time to believe and trust in the one who gave his life for you and for me. It's time to live for him and to invite him into our lives. And it's time to trust in that same grace. That grace that led Christ to the cross is the same grace that can save us today and that will cover us on that last day. Let's pray together. Lord, in this place today, maybe there's some of us who are wondering. We've, concent we've concentrated so much on the, on the things that we've done wrong that we can't, even, we can't even think about the possibility that you would let that go. And Lord, it's not that you're condoning or excusing anything but there was a price that was paid for our sin and that's what you're accepting you're the righteous judge and you're also paying the fine and so Lord we just know that we need to accept you and accept that grace Lord if there's anybody in this place of worship or anybody watching online or watching later on television that just simply right now says, Lord, I want to trust in your grace. I'm not going to trust in my good deeds or my bad deeds. I want to trust in your grace. And I want to turn my life over to you and live for you. Because that's good news. I pray that anybody in here or watching that needs to say that today right now in your heart of heart will just say yes to him. 
Forgiveness of our sins, Lord. Live in us. Let us walk and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.